Hi humans, welcome to our podcast, Deconstruct. My name is Lauren. And I'm Adam. On this podcast, we want to help start or continue conversations about the beautiful and messy parts of life. Although we both had a conservative upbringing, we've since grown out of a lot of our traditional ways of thinking. We're learning to deconstruct the religious lenses we once saw the world through, breaking down topics like purity culture, racism, and the patriarchy, while demystifying things like feminism, equality, and love. Stepping away from our evangelical church background, all the while leaning into God and moving forward in our faith. We'd love to hear your story. You can find us on Instagram at deconstruct.pod. Now, on to the episode. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. We are still doing our mini-series called Re-Evaluating Our Deconstruction. Last week, we did our first one and it was on purity culture and it was super fun to listen back through it was it's kind of cool to revisit it all it just it's nostalgic but it also brings into perspective like our excitement i it it gets me re-excited about (laughs) everything it makes me want to like carry on with that that same passion yeah and we you know once you upload an episode you don't, you know, you listen to it maybe a couple of times. You kind of like scroll through it or whatever. Right. But we don't necessarily listen. No. Maybe. I mean, when I'm editing it, I listen through it right. a couple of times. So I'm kind of like, I'm not tired of listening to it, but I don't need to listen to it again. Right. So, yeah. Um, and then today we are going to be listening through and making commentary on our episode with Madison Headland. Um, and so the episode title was What to Make of Worship and God Within Us. And I remember this episode being very transformative. Oh, yeah. I think this has informed a lot of our progression into finding finding God within ourselves. And, and for you especially, mm-hmm. finding God within your heritage and within your spirituality that you kind of... Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's pretty fast forwarded. That, that wasn't, that didn't fully stem from this episode, but the idea of... You know, we speak at the very end and we'll get there, but uh, about who Jesus is and, you yeah. know, Madison's, her perspective of who Jesus is. And as you will probably hear, my mind was a little blown yeah. <laughs> in this episode. So without further ado, let's get into it. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. Today we have Madison Headland. Uh, first note is she now goes by Madison Morgan on all of her uh, social media platforms. So note that the Christianity I had chosen, it didn't really work whenever I wasn't operating from brokenness anymore. Mm-hmm. And so that, um, led me for, to a lot of questions about if I don't, if I have to believe I'm broken for this to work and I have to operate broken for this to work, um, is it working? <laughs> so, um, it's kind of the foundation for the work I do as a coach also, because really whenever I realized that belief and story and what we believe about ourselves very much shapes the way we move in the world, mm. be it from um, trauma um, or just from being born in a religious system or being born in a patriarchal white supremacist system. All of these systems shape the way we unconsciously believe yeah. and they're rooted in who's worthy and who's not worthy. And yeah. realizing that and realizing there's actual people who've been doing liberation work for years, incredible black women who've been paving the way for this work. Yep. Um, that's kind of what 
these questions I started asking led me to and have been have become the foundation of what I teach as I help women in particular deconstruct the stories that keep them in unworthiness. Mm. So it started with my own deconstruction of religion and trauma, but what I've noticed is that it's not just Christians who are deconstructing their faith that deal with these issues because they're systematic issues. Yes. I think that's such an important point, especially for right now, like everything we're living in, we are a predominantly Christian society, right? And so that idea of constantly just trying to figure out who is worthy and who is unworthy mm. kind of spreads out into the way that we operate in the world with other people too. And not to like diverge too far off of our actual deconstruction here, but I just, I think you see a lot of that in the church too, mm. where you are pinned into this position of having to be less than. You have to accept your unworthiness yeah. and your lower status than other people so that this other thing can operate on a higher plane and bring you to where you need to be. Yeah. I don't know if you remember this, but you and I were at the beginning of our deconstruction phases and we were driving in the car and I was tr I was literally just like saying, okay, so here's what makes a person a Christian. <laughs> Do you remember? Do you remember that? And I was like going through, I was like, okay, if you believe this, 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 and this, like, you know, you have this theology and you live by this ideology, then that makes you Christian. And one of the things right. that I I said was like a, um, a precursor, a requirement. You yeah. Know? Back, this is back then. This is before D or beginning of deconstruction. I said was, as long as I see myself, I think I said something along the lines, as long as I see myself as like not God-like, super like, you know, as long as I keep uplifting God and Jesus and separating myself from them, like I'm, I am unworthy, I'm undeserving, blah, blah, blah. Do you remember this conversation? Yeah, yeah. Vaguely? Vaguely. Yeah, and I was like, you know, that's, I was like, as long as I can stick to that, I know I'm still a Christian. Yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, because that is the premise of it is making you so small yeah. and making you so insignificant that you have no no other choice but to obey. Yeah. And I think that's why, you know, we titled this, I'm sure we we go into um, music, you know, worship music. Part of the title was what to make of worship. Yeah. And I think this is probably one of the first times I was able to to speak out loud the concept or the, the the fact that most worship music is based out of the yeah. belief that we are undeserving, we are unworthy, we are, you know, we are but worms. I don't yeah. think I came up with that ter like term <laughs> verbiage yet, but um, yeah, basically this is the first time I was able to speak that out. And so I think this was just affirming, this episode was affirming that, you know, she said brokenness is what 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 does she say? A few like a few minutes back, she's like, as long as you can stay broken, like I had to stay broken in order to stay in the system. Like yeah. in order for this to work for me, I had to stay broken. Right. And that's where I'm like, yeah, that's not healthy. And that's yeah. she was saying she realized that that wasn't healthy, and right. that can't be true. That can't be real. You know. Yeah. And it is real for some systems. You absolutely it is have to stay broken. Yeah, I just think it's so important that this this is really our first time, I think, vocalizing and verbalizing the fact that like you are worthy. Yeah. You are inherently good. Yes. 
and that's okay. Your theology can be based in that, or you can have no theology and you're still okay and you're still inherently so worthy. In a lot of ways, had that stereotypical broken home that sometimes Christian demographics <laughs> can target <laughs> for needing uh, that love. Yeah, and and it was true. Like I, I really did need it, and I needed to feel like I belonged. I needed to feel like someone really cared for me. Um, and through that, through those people investing in me, really, I I felt the I really felt the love of God, and mm-hmm. so. It also was very safe. I've I've spoken to some friends about whenever your home life is very traumatic or like my father, for example, suffered from alcoholism and finding Christ really saved him from that. So whenever you have something that's fundamentally very un, un, I guess, secure, insecure at the foundation, finding legalism or fundamentalism feels so safe. Mm. And so fundamentalism felt really safe to me because my home life didn't feel safe at all. And although there was a lot of rules, I grew up in a very strict home. They didn't, there was no reason why it felt very like it was strict, but it wasn't because of God. It wasn't because of goodness. And it felt very um, like my family was a different person in public than they were at home. Mm-hmm. And in my child mind, in my teenage mind, I had interpreted, well, that's just because my parents aren't following God correctly. Mm-hmm. And if I dedicate my life to, to God in this path, um, that, you know, these mentors are helping me invest in, that's where I will find security. That's where I will find love. Um, and also because my home life was very abusive God's love felt so kind Mm. and I already believed I was broken because of so much of the abuse that that narrative wasn't much different than at home, except for there was someone who could still love me um, and like make up for my brokenness where at home it was like nothing I did was enough at church. I could, I was so skilled at knowing how to play the rules, being the best. And so I, even though you don't need to be the best because of supposedly God's grace, I still knew how to become the best in that culture yeah. uh, through following the rules. And so it was, it fed so many needs um, that it really, it really served me through those years. And I'm actually my, I'm one of six, I have six siblings okay. and I'm the only one who chose Christianity in that way. Mm. And it really, as far as like life trajectory, really saved me from a lot of um, a different kind of pain. You're right. Interesting. Listening back through that, um, I immediately thought of my dad. Interesting. In what way? Well, you know, to give a little background, there's there's parts of my relationship with both my parents that I'm definitely still navigating and it's still very raw. So I don't want to like give away or not give away, but I don't want to like speak for them in any way. Um, however, you know, my dad grew up in a rougher home and his dad was, he suffered from alcoholism as well. And he was raised by his mother who spoke Spanish and she worked multiple jobs. He grew up in the inner cities of Detroit. Okay. So I, and he also used to be, you know, a Democrat. He used to be, um, he just used to be very different. So both my parents are now like conservative and, um, and, and I won't really speak politically where they're at. However, like there's just things that I, I have seen my dad kind of, um, 
grow out of and then he's grown into more of a religious mindset and more of a conservative um, approach to different things in life and different um, aspects. Um, And so I think, you know, I've heard him talk about how he does find like, you know, the, the, he finds peace in like the love of God. I think he did find, just like Madison was saying, he found um, acceptance and peace in, in, in church. In, right, in the structure that allowed him to um, not earn it back because we're constantly told that you can't earn love. Just like she said, but, some, but somehow you, there's like this inner challenge that you, that there are a set of rules that you can kind of like, lean up against to help kind of shape your life in a way that I think people who have once felt like their life was more shapeless. Right. I feel like those types of people can sometimes gravitate towards things that have more hard set guidelines, boundaries, shapes. Does that, you know? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Well, I mean, it's very military mindset, which I think, a lot of Christianity is. I mean, they're both they're both created for the for the use of control, mm-hmm. and it's all break it down by the individual, build it up as a team, and it, that's yeah. and that's the same mentality where it's like you are worth nothing yeah. by yourself, right? You are only worth something because of because of the thing that you're striving after. Yeah, right, right. Um, sanctification. Right. Yeah. There's a, that's what they always tell you, right? There's right. a difference between salvation and sanctification. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Salvation you can't earn, but sanctification is what builds you up mountains of gold in heaven, right? Mm-hmm. And gets you the bigger house and gets you the, the higher praise and the whiter robe and the, it's ongoing. It's, it's this idea that, that beyond just being saved, because that isn't necessarily good enough, mm. you can, you can stack up what God owes you in heaven. Or not what even. You do on earth. I don't think everybody thinks that way. It's just like what you owe God. Like, would I feel like some people would think that they owe to God? Even. Yeah, I guess so. Like trying, there's trying like, to like pay back. Yeah. What they've. They're like, oh, thank you for this safety and this sense of security and stability and identity. Now I will. Now I owe you. All these, I don't know, ways to be like shapes. Right. I don't know. I don't know if that makes sense. Anyway, he, I first thought of him and also I thought of obviously myself because that is something that I kind of work towards as well, even though I grew up kind of in, in a very different situation than my dad did in a loving home. I definitely, I felt scattered in my own head and in my own thoughts a lot growing up. Um, and, or my life seemed more chaotic. And so, yeah, I think, I found um, solitude. Mm -hmm. I think I found security in the rules. And I'm finding that a lot about myself. Um, I've just, in self-discovery, I've learned that that's something that, that's why I think I gravitated to so much, even legalism for a lot of my life, because I just craved that, craved that sense, false sense of security. I have been wrong before. I've been sincerely wrong before. Mm. And I'm probably sincerely wrong about something right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, so like, 
see everyone on their own path that like, I don't know why their soul is here. Um, I don't get to know that that's between them and their higher power. So to continue and doing work around codependence with this, because I think evangelicalism, like, breathes codependence in us that we're responsible for everyone's salvation Mm -hmm. for like all of eternity that's a really like a really big weight (laughs) a really big weight so um like shedding that codependence of like I'm not responsible for anyone's journey no one's responsible for mine and like I'm probably sincerely wrong about something right now as I happened in the past and thank goodness that people are patient with me yeah I think I'm curious if I am cutting myself off saying what I'm about to say. But um, yeah, the idea that like I could very well be wrong. I'm, you know, <laughs> tomorrow I could change my mind. Tomorrow I could learn something new. That I think that that's why I'm like scared to be seen as a role model. Yeah, I get that. I, I just, I'm like, I'm going to change. I'm going to evolve that's inevitable. Right. Well, I look mean, at my track record. <laughs> that was that was one of our biggest conversations when we first started dating was yeah. like how we see the world differently. Like yeah. you, I see everything as probably not true until it's kind of proven to me and you see everything as, yep, it's true. Until it's New information is true until it's proven to be not true. And if it can't be, then then it's probably, it's true, whether it's true from your perception or not. Right. Which leads you into a place of, willingness to change all the time. Yeah. Which I'm sure then you also need to create boundaries where you're like, okay, I need to be able to surround myself Mm -hmm. with people that are going to speak positivity into my life because Mm -hmm. if I'm going to believe all truths or if I'm going to believe everything is truth, Mm -hmm. then I need to, I need to curate carefully the people that are around me that are speaking into my life because that will influence the trajectory of my belief system and the way that I interact with the world. And it's not just curate who gets to speak into my life because in a sense, like, I mean, I, I don't want to, I don't want to work from a place of fear of being like, well, uh, you know, I don't want certain people to say certain things to me because I'm going to just change my mind. It's not like that. If anything, I do welcome people with different, you know, who uh, I, I don't necessarily see eye to eye with. Like that's part right. of being a, an evolving person. However, I am very aware of the community looking at me like the like my you know my Instagram or YouTube or anything like that I tr- I truly do try to cultivate a community you know haters going to hate like they're going to show up but like I think for the most part I like to address the fact that I'm an evolving person and I don't want to be a role model because in a, in a sense like if you love me right now and you love exactly what I stand for right now chances are you're going to be let down sometime in the future Right. And so if you're loving me for what I stand for, that is. Right. You're like, love me for my trajectory because what I stand for right now isn't going to be what I stand for always. Right. Or, you know, and and stand for kind of seems like it has some sort of like. Finality. Yeah. But it's more than that. It's just like who I am as a person. And yeah, it's it's ever evolving, ever changing. But anyway, I just her bringing up that. You know, you could be wrong. I could be wrong. You could be wrong. Well, honestly, all worship music really triggered me for a while. Mm -hmm. And it was like, because it was so meaningful to me while I was in it, that everything felt like I had to, I had to give it all up um, Mm -hmm. because it felt so fake. I felt like I wasn't allowed to have it anymore. It was very like, well, you're either a Christian or you're not. 
to yeah. a lot of people I knew. Yeah. And so it, it felt like to, and to partake in it, felt like people, me saying I was leaving or they would take me less seriously or, um, that it would be used against me in some way, to be mm-hmm. honest, that people, yeah. people in my life would say, well, see, God is still speaking to you. Like Jesus is still trying to, mm. to, to get to your heart. And it felt so dismissive of my experience that to do with Christianity, because I didn't want to like, to use Christian terminology, like give people a foothold to mm-hmm. manipulate me <laughs> because it, it felt like that was happening a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, it took some time, uh, but Honestly, going doing a lot of trauma work and therapy through it and mentors who weren't in my life as Christians really helped me figure out how to circle back and find a way to worship. And I think for me, what worship is, is connection through awe and wonder. Yeah. And mm-hmm. the ways that I'm able to have that now are similar. Yeah. But also I've been able to find it in my body and other places like over food and cultivating in spaces that aren't inherently religious at all. I have a couple of friends who are not religious that I do brunch with and go to concerts with, and they don't have like a a foundational spirituality, um, even like I do today. And I I find God in so many of those moments in ways that I never found God in the church. So now it's like moving through life with awe and wonder as often as I can. And hopefully a lot of dance parties. So it's interesting that she said that partaking in Christian, quote unquote, Christian, more traditions and stuff um, like Christian worship or Christian verbiage was like essentially giving other Christians a foothold to use it against her and manipulate her. And essentially she didn't use the word, but essentially gaslight her. Um, And it's interesting because in the Bible it says, do not give the devil a foothold. Um, Yeah. (laughs) And so like when she said that, I'm like, Oh, that's the first thing that popped into my head. Um, Well, and that's why I think going into talking about relanguaging is so important mm -hmm. because we do need to claim those words back for everybody and Mm -hmm. not just allow them to be something that is owned and operated by the Christian community. Like you are allowed to worship and it doesn't have to be in in a corporate contemporary Christian setting. Yeah. And you don't have to, you don't have to completely leave your faith and leave it and like throw out the baby with the bathwater. Like you don't have to do that. I, I will share though. Um, if that's something that you, almost like need or want to do mentally and socially and socially. I, I, I do want to read a snippet of a post that I made. It kind of involves being unchristian, although I still do identify as a Christian. It just looks very different than how it once did. I needed to make a statement of leaving the organized view or whatever the typical traditional uh, view of a Christian. So um, I'll read that for you. So, all right, I'll just begin right here. Although I receive far more uplifting and inspiring messages than accusatory and negative ones, they still show. And you know who they come from? Christians. And you know how most of them start? Well, you say you're a Christian, but, or 
I'm only saying this because you're a Christian. And it's followed by criticism, blame, reprimand, or belittling in the name of Jesus, God, the Bible, Christianity, the church, or, quote, accountability, quote. So for those who somehow feel a moral obligation or responsibility to, quote, keep me in line or away from danger, quote, I would like to take your love or concern, really fear, for me and say, please consider me unchristian. It's okay. Jesus will understand. We're good. Although you may have been taught differently, my relationship with the divine is none of your business. I'd rather you accept that if you're right and I'm wrong, that I'm, quote, going to hell, quote. I'd rather you stop trying to save me from the darkness or even from myself, just to take, just take me off the list of people that you need to keep on the straight and narrow. I'm doing just fine. Yeah, I just I think that's such that's such an important discernment for people that you are allowed to define Christianity for yourself, mm-hmm. whether or not the people around you allow it. Yeah, whether or not Christians allow you to claim that title. Yeah, it's just frustrating because even though you want, like you want to, and you identify with being a Christian, or you identify with Jesus, or you identify with the stories in the Bible, or whatever it is, like it's okay. You you can still be that. There's they nobody has a right to tell you and to and to box in what Christian means or what an atheist means or what being agnostic or universalist or Buddhist or what anything it it doesn't nobody gets the right to tell you how to live out your faith for any for all that anybody knows we're all worshiping the same God anyway yeah or gods (laughs) preach like I was doing a lot of it because I wanted to I was doing a lot of it because it nourished me Mm. and so being able to circle back to worship or to spending that time in the morning those are habits that I don't see a lot of people outside of Christianity or yeah. a, um, a really, you know, conservative orientation just have been given. Mm-hmm. And so whenever we can reclaim them or even use them to heal, I think it's like, oh, thank goodness I have this at my disposal, but I've been journaling my entire life yeah. <laughs> because I was told to, and now I know how to process my trauma. <laughs> so yeah, it seems like you're really doing a lot of work. Yeah. It's like all that worship and prayer and all of that is, is so it's it's not Christian. It's not it's not just inherently a Christian yeah. thing. It's it's no. something that us as spiritual beings in existence do just like naturally. And it's if, so for me recently something that I've been yeah. been that's helped me with deconstructing a lot of different facets of this is like the idea that when you're called to pray constantly that means you you literally mm-hmm. the literal definition of prayer then can't be sitting down, talking things out, apologizing for your sins, trying to turn around and do all these kind of things, saying amen, and then going on your merry way and living, living the rest of your life. I I feel like that causes such a, such a rift between your physical body and your spirituality. And now I feel like there's so much more Mm. joy and there's so much more life in, in everything. Like, like you said, like going to get good food Mm. and just being able to be in that space and be present and find connection with creativity and with physical senses and with emotional connection to people that are around you, that has become prayer and worship. And so now it's like being able to reintroduce Ugh. things like singing and dancing and, 
and sending intentionality and spirituality into something that's as um, restorative and as like self-connecting as singing and dancing is to be able to put that intentionality back into it is just, that's, that's where we, I want to be like seeking. Oh oh my God. That is Adam. That is like, so I just, I just got off the way home retreat with Hillary McBride and Barbara Aroshna. We spent a week with 15 women in Hawaii and that, that was the intention of like, how do we exist in worship in our bodies? But what was so fun about it is that we didn't even talk about like, now we're going to enter into a time of worship. You know, it was, <laughs> let's move our bodies and let's do intuitive movement. And by the end, there were people literally on, on their knees, like with their arms out in worship, but it wasn't to Christian song. Yes. It wasn't to, it wasn't like, we didn't pray before we did it. It in Hillary at one point looked up and said something along the lines of like, do you see God is here? Like, do you see that she is you, mm. that she is us? And it was so beautiful to see that we didn't have to have a sermon and then break for prayer and then enter into worship, that that worship began as we belonged there together. Yeah. It was yes. so powerful. And everything you were saying, I was like, that is it. That is mm. it. This has become a really important point for me in mm. my existence with other people and my and my journey into my spirituality. I've had some of my most spiritually connected enlightening like butterfly moments when all I'm doing is being intentional about the realization that everyone else is having a, a lived experience too and seeing that spiritual part of myself in everyone around me mm. and just feeling that connectedness mm. with people yeah. has been some of the most edifying worship that I've been a part of. Yeah. And it's nothing that's it's nothing that's an action. It's a it's about an intentionality and it's about a way of seeing life. Yeah. It's about a way of interacting with the world around us, whether that's animals that we see ourselves in or that's people mm. that we see ourselves in or it's nature that we're able to just connect with and see that same spirit in that same existence and that same <sighs> consciousness mm. living through everything in the world has been one of my most deeply rooted and life-changing forms of worship. Mm. Love that. I can tell I'm just like sitting in and reveling, reveling in this episode again, like I knew I would. I just, I'm loving hearing this. I'm loving, it is, this is what my like soul like lives for. You know what I mean? Like this, this is my spirituality. This is my faith. Yeah. My ancestors are with me. And I, you know, that picture of her with the other women just worshiping in the sense of like, just they're dancing, they're singing, they're crying, they're praying, but it's all like just happening. Yeah. That's just that's that's just a picture of heaven, heaven on yeah. earth. The first time I felt peace within my own Christianity, I guess, my own faith uh walk, I guess, was when I realized when I mm-hmm. it kind of like dawned on me that Jesus the Jesus story, Jesus is for us and not God. Like God didn't need to send Jesus so that we could be okay. But Mm. instead it's a story to me of people who felt like 
you know, we always have this feeling like we're separated from God, although we're, we're not, and we never can be separated from God or the light or divinity, you know, um, we can't be, but we have this overwhelming feeling mm-hmm. and indoctrination that we are separated and we're always like everything, anything we do, anything we could do, could do that separation, could separate us from God. And I think humanity wanted, felt like they needed this sacrificial lamb, you know, cause humanity felt that separation. Yeah. And in my head and in my, you know, kind of thinking of like, what God may have said or done in God's head. It's like, okay, my people, humanity feel like they need this. I'm just going to go ahead and send me down <laughs> and just be this representation yeah. of, yes, I'm connected to you. Okay. Can we, can you please stop killing all these animals to like feel like you're close to me? We're already here. I'm already there. I'm already with you always. And so anyway, when I like shifted my perspective that Jesus, you know, the story is basically God as kind of like a parent being like, okay, you don't really need your goggles to swim. I know you think you do, but here, here's, here's your goggles. Here's like your magic feather, you know, here's your to fly, you know, here's your thing, but you really don't need it. You really had me all along. And so when I shifted that, that's when I finally like felt peace. Yeah. Oh, I love that so much. Do you, do you care if I share the way that I relate to Christ currently? Because I, I didn't really answer that, and I, I would really love to. Yes, please, go ahead. It's, it's really similar to what you were saying, but I think I share in... Found out from Hillary McBride, and I wish I could remember the researcher who actually does this research. I thought I came up with this idea and was sharing it with Hillary. Then Hillary was like, "Oh yeah, so has been doing research on that." I'm like, "Darn it! I didn't know. I didn't make it up." But I'm excited to read this person's <laughs> research studies. But it's this idea that um, if you have like a target, like um, like literally like the three layers of a target, and on the outside you have the persona, you know, the the version of us that we become to fit in with the world that follows the system that says, oh, I'm worthy if I do this, or this is the mask I wear, or, you know, the way that we label ourselves. Also, the Enneagram is also known as the persona, the person we are to deal with our pain Yeah, on the outside. Underneath that, I believe, is like the true, the true essence, who we are here to be, like, Lauren as Lauren, as Lauren was intended to be, before, you know, the mass before the systems, before any beliefs, just like your true essence. And then underneath that, at the very center, I believe is divine. And this is actually a big breaking point for me. And whenever I was like, I don't think I believe that you have to be saved to get the Holy Spirit, Mm. is whenever I was talking to people from all around the world as a coach, and I started realizing that everyone had this like guiding something, this voice Mm. within them, this voice of wisdom, this source, this God self. And I was like, this is interesting. I'm talking to people who are witches and I'm talking to people who are atheists and I'm talking to people who don't care about spirituality. And everyone seems to have this thing that I thought was the Holy Spirit. And so I believe that at the very core of all of us, that we, we are divine as expressed as, so like the the center of it would be divine as expressed as next layer, who you are, and then shows up in the world as a human through all the things we've been through as the persona, but all of them are us, you know, Mm. all the ego is us. 
But what I believe is that Christ is just a person who realized who he was and is the example of a person living in alignment with their true essence and divine self. He just was like, I am a son of God. And I actually believe that we're all children of God, but we have to like actually go back within peeling back the layers of the persona and realizing we're here to be us. We're here because we're supposed to be here. We don't need to be saved from being here. That God already was here, like you said. Like there's there's no there's no one we need to like n- no one to save. Mm-hmm. It's saving ourselves is going in and realizing what what I believe Christ realized is that he was God as expressed as Jesus. Right. And I think he it was a miracle in that he actually lived in that in a way that so many of us have difficulty doing. Um for whatever reason, um, so many reasons, but I think that journey home is the journey back to the divine self and realizing that like the human self is also a part of it. Wow. That is so awesome. I'm just gonna, wow. I'm really going to listen to this episode so much and just like, (laughs) let it sink in because that's, wow, that's beautiful. Like, seriously, I love that. I don't Mm -hmm. even have any words. Something I wish I would have asked then is if she thinks that there is a, if that is um, something we are capable of, like every human. Yeah. Well, I mean, from from what she was saying, it seemed like that's what she was insinuating. Right. That we all are capable of that. It was a miracle that he did. Yeah. Yeah. The miracle. Right. That the likelihood of it isn't high. Yeah. But maybe that's because of the culture that we live in. Maybe that's right. because it's really hard to crack through that outer layer that she was talking about that does show up socially. Something was so special about him, though, because, I mean, look at us now. He, I mean, look at Christianity is like one of the top religions in the whole world. Right. And, I mean, there's got to be something different about Jesus. Like, it is a miracle, right? Like, he, I think the life of Jesus is a miracle. And the way he lived his life yeah. was miraculous. And so, obviously, this idea was radical for us, and it shifted a lot for me. It 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 brought me home to a place that I hadn't quite... Um, I hadn't even really heard too many breadcrumbs even of yet at that time. You right. know what I mean? And I think that's why it was so shocking for me to like hear it is because most of the time when I get to a certain idea or even theology, I've kind of picked up breadcrumbs along the way that it's easier for me to piece together what it means. Right. Um, And this was not one of those. No. (laughs) I was not, I, I was not ready. But something clicked in you. Yeah. Yeah. And Jesus is embodiment. Yeah. And I think that's something I keep learning and going back to is that Jesus is embodied goodness, embodied God. I mean, literally, yes. That's I mean, that's that's Christian language even, not embodiment, but like Right. Right? I mean, Jesus is God in flesh, essentially. Right. And what if it's like Jesus is Well, and is that what is that what the Bible means when right. it says that the Holy Spirit is in us. That would make us 100% Holy Spirit and 100% human. Well, that's the thing. We're not trying to negate the Bible here. We're trying to make sense of a lot of it. And I think right. in ways we've just 
I, I mean, it's really about perspective and how you interpret, right? Yeah. The well, values. and and through something else that we were talking about previously in the podcast is that I think the Holy Spirit was here the whole time. Yeah. As something you said, I don't think we needed Jesus mm. necessarily. We just needed something that was our magic feather mm-hmm. that showed us that the Holy Spirit has been with us this whole time. Mm-hmm. And it's something that we just need to realize is there. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which, what Jesus. else? what else is there of God incarnate than a spirit living inside of a human. Is Jesus like the sign? You know, when we're talking about signs. Yeah. And signs aren't the point, but they're pointing to. The point. The point. Right. Is he a sign? Like, is he, yeah. Is it is it about following the trajectory of Jesus, of Jesus and the understanding of Jesus? And right. not so much about the things that he actually literally did or didn't literally do. Is it about... Is it about the social movement and not about the miracle? Is it about mm-hmm. the trajectory and not about the life? Yeah. Is it about doing radical inclusion, like he portrayed all throughout the Bible, as right. we in, in ways that were digestible in society that was around him? I mean, it wasn't even he broke the law <laughs> pretty consistently. Yeah. So anyway, this just it like still blows my mind this concept because this is it's it's so weird and it's so funny because this is it's so unchristian to think this but it but it is so christian right we're all we're doing is trying to understand what the bible is actually telling us oh yeah and just how to interpret jesus's life and how it affects us today yeah so yeah <laughs> Boom. I don't Not much else to say on that just because we're still digesting, digesting that yeah. from when that first took place. Yeah. So anyway, I think I think that's it for today's episode. Yeah. Um thank you so much for being here and being a part of our journey. This is cool for us to be able to look back on things and see see the things that we've been through. And it really affords us the opportunity to to grow and actually take in and consume some of what we've mm. been putting out into the world. It's, mm-hmm. I think it's good for us to be able to listen back to ourselves and mm-hmm. listen back to the people that we've talked to outside of the scope of an interview. Yeah. There's no like, there's no back and forth banter that we have to hold to right now. We can kind of jump in on all those little pieces that got left behind when we were doing the interview. Yeah. I mean, we already, we already know we've already discussed that the only person I listen to is myself anyway. So <laughs> 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 might as well just listen back. It's been it's been really it's been really amazing. Well, thank you guys for listening. Until next time. Bye. bye. If you liked this episode, please share, rate, and review on whatever platform you're listening. As always, thanks so much for listening. Until next time.